In this special edition of Monaco's House View, we look back at some of the year's best episodes on the stack. On this episode, we speak to the editor-in-chief of French men's title, L'Etiquette, plus the new publication from the fantastic man thing, What Men Wear, and we take a look at French kiosks. From Midori House in London, this is The Stack, 30 minutes of print industry analysis with me, Tom Edwards. And joining me in studio this week, The Stack's producer, Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Faye, you look a little different. You look almost slightly more Parisian than when I last spoke to you. Could that be? Moi. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good. I, I just came back uh, from France uh, doing some, some, some things from Monaco 24 that should be reviewed very soon. But of course, so I like magazines, so I also enjoyed my time and I tried to meet... Uh, a couple of, of editors of our favorite magazines, including uh, the editor-in-chief of L'Etiquette. Well, let's so we're going to do a bit of a more a, a kind of a, a view around the Parisian newsstand a little later. But you're quite right. Let's start with with L'Etiquette. Tell us about this one. It's a new magazine, as we were hearing. What's the mo? What's the what's the offering? Well, it's interesting because I was talking to uh, the editor-in-chief uh, Gautier Borsarello, and he was telling me that you know even though France they do have some kind of men's fashion publications, but 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 there was something missing. There was something quite uh, you know like a unique and very French kind of men's publication. So it's a biannual title, and they were quite ambitious with their first issue, which was released late last year. I think they had a print run of more than 100,000 copies, but it's been a tremendous success, and now they're working on issue two as well. I'm a big fan, beautiful design, and, and Gautier is a very interesting guy. He loves his vintage clothes, I have to say. Well, that might be a thing that keeps cropping up in this programme. Let's hear a little more from Gautier, editor-in-chief of L'Etiquette. As Faye says, Faye caught up with him in Paris earlier. First of all, congratulations for L'Etiquette, a wonderful men's title. How was the reaction? I mean, the magazine, I believe, is out of the new stands. You're preparing issue two. Was it the reaction you expected from the from French men? We didn't expect the reaction we got, and uh, it was really positive. And we got a lot of people saying, I'm really happy because what I see in your magazine, I want it and I want to buy, I wanted to look like the guy you're shooting. So that was the goal. We didn't want to be too fashion and too, you know, something that's not wearable. And we want to give the envy to everyone to improve their style and to move forward and maybe to consume a little bit better and a little bit less. So that's the key message is everybody can dress well. And uh, it's not a question of money or budget. So we try to give some keys to the people who are not professionals or they are not really interested in fashion. And we try to take their hands and to say, it's not that hard and it's for you too. And it's for your happiness. And if you feel good in your clothes, you can feel more free in your life. I think it's kind of important. You know, clothing is uh, it's a culture. It's not only an ego thing or it's not something just about looking good. It's about feeling good and to be coherent with your life and your lifestyle. So it's, to me, super important. And, you know, I always say everybody on earth get dressed every morning. So I think there is something cultural and super strong in the clothing. And I try in l'étiquette with Marc, Marc Boger, to put some intelligence and some culture in the clothing. And it feels very fresh. I'm a reader of men's titles and I can see it's not just a copy and paste of the latest collections. You know, there is kind of 
It's almost like there's also the intellectual part of clothing. You explain where they come from, and was that what you wanted to achieve as well? Exactly. The the thing is, when you when you want a sweater, like you're cold, you need a sweater. What I try to do is to to say that this sweater has a history, has a legitimacy. It comes from something, from somewhere, and if you buy it, there is a good guy producing it somewhere in the world. Yeah, just to put culture under every piece of clothing and to make people understand that when you wear something, you bring a message. You have a message on you, and some people don't know, and it's normal because it's not their job. My job is to explain to people what is the message they're carrying with them. And I'm not imposing a style. I don't want to say this is the good style and this is good looking. I'm just giving some keys to understand what the message you bring every morning when you get dressed. And Gauthier, clearly I can see you're very interested in clothes and you're very knowledgeable about it. What was your experience uh, before Letiquette? I used to be a professional classical musician, double bass player at uh, Orchestre du Capitole de Toulouse. And then I spent a year at Orchestre de Paris in Paris. And that was my professional life and I had a really good job and I left everything by passion for clothing and vintage clothing. And I used to be the vintage specialist at Ralph Lauren. They hired me to take care of the vintage in the Parisian flagship at Boulevard Saint-Germain. And I loved it and I learned a lot of things with Doug Binmeyer, the principal vintage buyer in the world for Ralph. And I learned a lot, but I, I've been collecting vintage clothes for almost 20 years now. I started when I was 10, 11 with Militaria. And what I loved is always, because my father is an art collector, and I mean art collector, he's collecting antiques, he's always taught me like, if you look at an object, you have to understand how it's made, when it was made, in what fabric it was made. And I wanted to put this way of thinking into clothing, because clothing was my passion. So every time I see a, a movie or something, I say, oh, this shirt is from the 60s. It's been worn by this category of people at that time, to say these kind of things, you know. And, and more and more, I, I got... Um, passionate about it <laughs> you're in the middle you're preparing issue two at the moment thanks for 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 doing this interview by the way because i know you're busy uh are, are you how, how are you feeling because issue one was a success in terms of sales as well the magazine has a high circulation or are you feeling relaxed are you confident about issue two how is the mood i'm super confident super excited i'm super confident because i'm surrounded with amazing people of course i'm thinking about frank durand about mark boger about loic falk gino delmas all my my crew you know i mean the people i'm working with they're so good at what they do no one is stressed because if we are all in trust you know so we're preparing the looks and the and the ideas for two or three months now with mark and loic for the looks we kind of know what we want and we're looking for them right now. And I know even though I cannot find in contemporary collection, I can find it in my archive and I can do the mix I want. So that's the key. But we, we try to put as much as possible of new clothes because I don't want it to be a vintage catalog and so people cannot buy anything in it. So that's really not the point. And I'm really excited, honestly. We're, we're shooting this weekend and it's like my candy. You know, it's the moment we do all the looks on the floor with Loic the, the day before that I really love. <laughs> and finally, one thing that we discussed briefly, I like the fact that you say this is a magazine for French men, because to be honest, I was going to ask, what about the English version? But, but I like that you want the French DNA to be at the magazine. Do you think that's still the case and that's very important for you? I think today everybody talks in English on Instagram, everybody has the same apartment because of, of Airbnb, everybody is dressed the same in Seoul, in Tokyo, in Paris and in Milan and I'm a bit sad about it and I, I hope I'm gonna you know, push the, the French uh, style and the French lifestyle too in a positive way because I'm not against the other culture of course but I'm, 
I want to show the world that French has something to say. And uh, that's why I'm, I hope we'll never translate the L'Etiquette magazine because I want to talk to the French people. And I want to take to all French people everywhere, not only Parisians, not only fashion people, but everyone. And if I do it in English, if we do it in English, we're going to at the end talk to the fashion guys in New York, the fashion guys in Tokyo, the fashion guys in London. And that's not what I want. So I want to first of all talk to the French. And there's a lot of French who are not speaking English. So make it in English that would be, um, you know, putting them aside and that I don't want. So it's not a nationalist thing, it's the patriotic thing. You know what the difference is? The nationalist is the hate of the others and the patriotic is the love of our country. So I love my country <laughs> and I love the culture that goes with it. And I just want to do a magazine that uh, looks as French. I, the way I fantasize my country, even in the term of, um, of food, of lifestyle, of, you know, the French has something to say. And I'm really happy that we did a French magazine. That was Gautier Boxarello from L'Etiquette. Issue 2 should be out on newsstands soon and you'll be able to read a little more about L'Etiquette in next month's Monocle magazine, which has a sort of French focus, doesn't it, Fernando? Just to sort of wrap that up, clearly you agree that they've managed to fill that niche that, that was there. And it's funny how the best magazines perfectly fill a niche that maybe you didn't even really realize was there. We've had that conversation before, but they just seem to know... I don't know, they seem to have got the balance just right. Exactly. Well, and, and again, you can see that they, they, they like their fashion. They are very interested. It's not just kind of a, a press release of the latest collections. You know, there's some thinking behind. And I think that's what the best fashion publications do, including our upcoming one as well. Well, exactly. Let's stay squarely in that world, Fernando, that you talked about there. And I think that's a really interesting point about where the passion for the subject really comes through. And that's certainly the case for Fantastic Man, a long a favourite of the stack. The Fantastic Man team just published a book investigating male dressing habits. What Men Wear is its name. It was edited by Elliot Howarth and Hirt Yonkers. And Faye, you spoke to Elliot. We're going to hear from him in just a second. But I guess regular listeners to the show will be familiar with the sort of Fantastic Man take. Maybe not What Men Wear. And you really are very much invested in this because... You're one of the men that features and it's your love of short shorts, which qualified you, I guess. I think it's a, it's a wonderful little series they did in the website called, called Questionnaire, where they spoke to different men from different kind of, you know, from DJs to journalists, you know, saying, and they had to choose one item of clothing and explain why is it so important in their lives. And it became such a success that they decided, you know, to compile like 50 of those questionnaires and make this interesting book. So even though uh, Elliot was telling me, you know, it's a small format, but there's so much to read about it, you know. And yes, you can have, Char- you know, Charlie Faith and his Hawaiian shirts. And yes, indeed, you can hear me talking about my short shorts. And they've even been immortalised, your short shorts, in T-shirt form. Exactly. Which is very exciting. Available at Browns. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in presumably a relatively limited edition. Of course, but go there very quickly. Very A very highly sought-after <laughs> uh, object. Let's hear from Elliot. What, what kind of themes did you get into with him, Fernando? Were you talking about how, you know, the sort of the, the power of the Fantastic Man brand to, to spread ever wider? Were you talking about that, that idea, again, of being really passionate about covering men's fashion? What, what, what themes did you get into? Well, and the main thing here, which similar to Lit Cat, is the study of clothing as well. It's not just, well, there's no pictures in the book, what men, what men wear. So it, it, it's very much kind of, if, if you like to read about clothes, why men wear certain pieces, and even for some, some inspiration, I totally recommend it. I think we started it about three years ago. It's an online feature. We are predominantly a print publication. 
However, we wanted something to do a bit more regularly, something to put online, and we were trying to think of a format that would interest us enough to continue doing it on a regular basis. And we settled upon this idea of clothing questionnaires, being a magazine that focuses predominantly on men's clothing or style, it seemed to make sense. And we kind of sat down in Amsterdam and hammered out a list of questions, which were quite formal, quite precise, detailed set of questions that we would send to men to fill out. That's basically where it started. And it grew and snowballed and became a kind of very regular series. We adapted it from being a filled-in email questionnaire into something that we like to do face-to-face now. So it's kind of morphed and grown and we realized we had over 50 in the summer and decided to do something special to commemorate that in a way. Well, because that's something that I miss, especially in the men's fashion press, you know, this discussion about clothing mm-hmm. instead of just like, cool, this is the new suit that you have to wear or this new trainers, whatever. Mm. But Fantastic Man does that very well. You know, you kind of almost study the clothing, right? Yeah, we are incredibly interested in clothes. And I'd say... A very important distinction for this book and this series in general is that it's not about fashion, it's about clothes. And that's something I think that's true for the magazine in many ways. Fashion is very present because clothes often equal fashion, but the interest here is predominantly with clothing and the reasons behind why men wear what they wear, hence the title of the book. Very straightforward, fantastic man way of explaining what we're doing here. And tell us a bit more about the format. It looks amazing, kind of uh, design-wise. And it was some sort of collaboration with uh, Brown's, uh, the shop here in London as well. So we um, decided, I think, over lunch in autumn that we wanted to do something physical, basically take an online thing and turn it into a physical object, which is kind of the reverse of a lot of media. Usually it's print going online. And we pitched the idea to Brown's, Brown's men specifically, and they really, really liked it and just decided that they wanted to support it. So it was a very kind of organic way of this coming about. And they were just incredibly helpful and supportive and helped the project get off the ground and happen quickly for us as well. You know, it's a biannual magazine. We work with quite long deadlines. This was something that we conceived of in the autumn, completed before Christmas, and it's on newsstands now that's incredibly quick for us and it was really exciting to work in that way and it's fascinating you also have t-shirts you've selected (laughs) a few of the men there with their favorite item of clothing you know i have to mention here as well i was one of the men actually yeah (laughs) and and i said short shorts and i'm very glad that all those t-shirts are on sale as well yeah tell me more how do you feel I feel amazing that my interview is actually on a T-shirt. It's amazing, but but you know I have to explain. You know it's it's audio, but it's it's a describe it. It's a nice white T-shirt, which is perfect. And then there's some words in red with the favorite item of clothing in front. Mine is short shorts, <laughs> and I mean I think it's quite two delicious words in my opinion. Mm. But tell, there's others as well. There's knitted. Uh, yeah, we have a knitted sweater mm. with uh, Bart Bates, who's a mm. graphic designer from the Netherlands and we have tracksuit with the Grime MC novelist we've got hat with Stephen Jones a cargo pants with Nicholas Daly the designer and if I'm missing one my apologies it's escaping but yeah anyway these t-shirts were uh, kind of came pretty much through Browns this is one of the things that working with Browns made possible they said oh do you want to do some more around this book we're really excited what do you want to do And so we 
really wanted to make T-shirts. We made these amazing T-shirts for the, the 10th anniversary of the magazine, which say Man Fantastic. And since then, we've kind of been yearning to make something physical that you can wear. And we kind of struck upon the idea of turning the interviews into a wearable interview, which is why we've got the title on the front and the entire interview printed in full on the back, which made us all smile as an idea. And I think it's come out really well. Just you wait until summer, I'll be wearing a lot of my T-shirt. I can, I can yeah. guarantee you that as well. Uh, maybe for winter, we can wear the, the, the knitted, knitted sweater. sweater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it could be a good idea. Tell us a bit more about some of the men that you've guys chosen. Hmm. I know it's hard to choose your favorite, but, you know, tell us about some of the interesting ones. I love the variety. I mean, for example, you have Charlie Faith with Hawaiian shirts, you mm. know, me with short shorts. So it's quite, I think there's something for every type of man in a way as well. Yeah, there's a real variation in garments. But I think one of the very important things for this project from the inception of it was to have a completely varied group of men. They weren't going to be famous men exclusively. They weren't going to be style icons exclusively. Some of them are. We just also wanted everyday guys, people we know, people we're friends with, family, complete strangers, people who someone's just sent us an email and said, oh, you should do one with my friend. Yeah, they happen quite organically. So I think it's a really good mix to have world-renowned artists or musicians alongside like my brothers in there. There's some with, you know, one Who, of my... Who's your brother? My brother's you? Daniel, okay. Daniel Howarth, and the uh, double-pleated woolen trousers. He's a tailor, and he was actually one of the first ones that we did. Because when we launched this, we also ran it in the issue it was being launched in conjunction with, which was 24, I think, Demna Grisalia of Vetmont and Balenciaga on the cover. And we ran a few of those in the magazine, and my brother was one of them, which was quite sweet. So yeah, he talks all about these trousers he's made himself that are double pleated, sit high on the waist. And it's a really nice one. I really like it. And then, you know, old school friends pop up and someone's cousin. Um, <laughs> you've known the guys from the magazine for ages and, and everyone knows that you're a short, short fanatic. So we wanted to get you along to do one. It's a really organic, nice way of doing interviews. And it's something we're not able to do in print so much because we have a very limited amount of space. We have to be very selective a lot of the time. This allows us to just do things quickly and easily and talk to people in a kind of quick and relaxed, informal but friendly manner. And there's something I wanted to also let you know about your interview because I think it's a really good example of why this series is so nice and why I think it's a successful book is that a lot of men read these things and really take them on board and there's just a, a fascination about reading especially not seeing I think it's very important you read these things there's no imagery here so your imagination does a lot of the legwork and a really nice thing using your questionnaire as an example is that you picked domino dancing as one of your style influences which is really interesting because it's a song you haven't picked a pop star or a designer you picked a music video and someone told me recently that after reading that they went straight to look at the video again to kind of get some style inspiration so I think it's a really good resource for interesting things that you wouldn't have thought about and getting other people's perspective on what makes I don't know what what's a good idea for dressing it could be a building that makes me very emotional actually oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> well amazing well, yeah I thought you'd like to hear that I would yeah thank you yeah what would be your garment of choice this is the impossible question mm. uh someone told me that it would be high-waisted trousers 
Yeah. I think you are wearing. Which I'm wearing again. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah. a really good pair. My brother altered them for me. They do come up very high, just below my belly button. And I also wrote an entire essay on high waisted trousers for the last issue of Fantastic Man. So I think by default that is my go to garment. I've been possible to do this with because I changed my mind a lot and find it hard to define myself in such clear ways. So. In some ways, it's best that I'm often on the other side of the dictaphone interviewing people. Elliot, you need to give me some tips on high-waisted trousers. I'm fascinated by that. I, I'm not a wearer, but <laughs> because it's hard, perhaps, on my body type. But yeah, it's I find it a beautiful piece, actually. Thank you. Well, they're incredibly flattering, and yeah. you know, they should uh, the rise should be right. The crotch shouldn't be too long. Mm. God, what else? They should break just on your shoe, although they can be a bit cropped if you like. Anyway, maybe for another time. Absolutely. We need a longer discussion on that. And finally, Elliot, I mean, the book is out now. Mm. And I'm sure you guys are already making the new issue of Fantastic Man, right? Which is supposed to come out in March, perhaps? I'll be out around late March, early April. Mm. Yeah, we're hard at work on it as we speak. So I basically run off from the office quickly to come and talk to you. And I'll be running straight back to continue working. Yeah, we're hard at work. That was Elliot Howarth, editor of What Men Wear, which is out now. Fernando has already bought quite a few copies for the Augusto Pacheco Library. Uh, you're listening to The Stack here on Monocle 24. This is The Stack on Monocle 24 with me, Tom Edwards, and the producer of the programme, Fernando Augusto Pacheco, in the co-presenting chair this week. Now, Faye, we mentioned at the top of the show, of course, you've been in Paris. You would never pass up the opportunity to visit the newsstand in well, in any city, but particularly Paris, which is a bit of a favourite. Set the scene for us. Were you strolling down the Champs-Élysées? Were you somewhere else? I don't know. Paris Saint-Germain, perhaps. Where was the newsstand you visited? Well, first of all, I love all the Parisian kiosks. But yes, indeed, I was in Paris Saint-Germain in front of the Louis Vuitton shop there. They have a lovely kiosk with a nice selection. Even Monaco was there of course as well good good but i decided to go for the french titles this time and see what's happening there and of course everybody was talking about macron you know if you look if you look at le monde and everything but let's focus more on magazines this time and one tone is not exactly a surprise because i knew this title before les incocuptibles is a very difficult name i have to say for a, for a known french it's a music magazine kind of culture as well so they talk about music but also about film more comportamental issues as well and this is their their best off issues so with the best albums of 2018 mm. and again Tom I told you right you know France is doing amazing pop music so I mean if you want to know who is cool at the moment you have to read this title they even have a CD as well with with some of their favorite artists of the year as well and you see you're particularly like that because it's decidedly I mean I know it's a CD but it's kind of these days that's positively uh, analog and what's quite striking about this Fernando is it's obviously as you said, very much at the cutting edge in terms of, you know, we know about French electro and French pop music. But the magazine itself, if you look at its design cues, it's it's obviously quite deliberately old school. It's, it's pretty traditional in terms of the layout, text heavy, the imagery is not too out there. And I think that's quite interesting to try and do, again, we've talked about this before, to be at the cutting edge thematically, but to clearly show a veneration for a particular 
type or a particular era of, of music magazines. No, and again, so for example, you know, there's the story here, the 100 best albums of the year is not only a list. So, for example, number one is an artist, I have to say, I didn't know him very well, but apparently it's quite trippy, but, and, and they love him. It's uh, Flavien Berger, a French musician with Contretemps. There's four pages, you know, explaining about the album, why they decided it's the best. And even when you look at number two, they, they decide that it's Arctic Monkeys' latest album. Again, four pages, you know, it's a mm. kind of a, it's in-depth. It's not just a list of their best albums as well. And I didn't actually have time to look, but I'm sure there's amazing recommendations here. A lot of French artists, which is always pretty cool as well. And I know you've, we've been talking on other programs and you've talked about 2019 being the year for France to sort of consolidate its position at the forefront of, of pop music around the world. We'll watch with interest. What else did you pick up? This one, I'm a big fan. It, it, it is a little bit saucy. It's uh, Louis. It's a man's title. I think it's pretty cool. Again, some very nice photo shoots and again, quite old fashioned. I think this type of photo shoot works very well in France. But for example, in the UK at the moment, perhaps it's not being that well accepted. Uh, well, and I don't way. mean and I don't mean this pejoratively at all, but it's it's kind of a flashback to the men's publishing of the mid to late 90s. I think our listeners will know what I mean. But as you say, it weirdly seems to work better. Why does that work better with a Gallic flourish rather than an English one? I it's wonder. a cliche, but they're more relaxed with nudity. I mean, this is a very striking spread, Faye. Tell me a bit about this one. It's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, a pussy in front of a pussy. There you <laughs> go. I was challenging you to say that on air, and you did. Well done. Some good fashion, though, Tom, as well. For men, there's a, there's a here a photo shoot called Mathieu. Um, he's wearing some nice clothes by number 21, the Coupos and, and Levis. So, yeah, it's a very cool magazine. And, yeah, if you do like a little bit of sauce... A bit of sauce is good in the magazine market, Fernando. Uh, Now, tell me about this one. You have Photo. Again, Photo, I was was always very curious because they sell here in London as well. It's a very traditional French magazine about photography. It's been going on since 1960. I think they had an American edition for a while. And, again, it is commercial because a lot of those kind of photography magazines these days they're very cool they're very stylish sometimes biannual but I think this is quite a commercial title for photographers and and they have they do rely a lot on celebrities some sexy pictures but there's other interesting uh, there's pictures about you know war as well and other serious topics so I, I love this kind of mixture you know I think serious and and fun and sexy sometimes they can go on together in a way. Absolutely, and we continue. Well, tell us about this. You've, I mean, you, did you cut all these back? Must have your bag must have weighed you weighed, weighed you down. We have got a couple more. We'll come to the French Vanity Fair in a moment. But first, what's this one? Very quickly, Tattoo, which is a French gay magazine, it used to be iconic. Tom, one one of the one of the first kind of gay magazines. They had incredible stories, you know, even with political personalities in France. But then actually they closed down in 2015. So that that was quite sad. But recently they've returned with a different format. It looks more kind of a as a fashion magazine these days, and I don't think it's published every month. I think it's published every season now. But very glad that it's back. It's better back than, than not. And again, nice interviews, amazing fashion. For example, there's an interview here with Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight. Yeah, very, very, very cool magazine, and I'm glad, very much glad is back on the newsstand. And we've seen quite a few titles disappearing and there's great sorrow expressed in the pages of a number of other magazines. And then these things, it seems to, I don't know, almost galvanise fans of the magazine, parts of the team that are still there, 
old aficionados to then try and, and reboot it, which I guess is a, a nice process. In a strange way, sometimes it is that feeling a bit like, you know, a fire sweeps through something, but then you get this resurgence and these things come back, sometimes even stronger than they were. Exactly. Some brands think they will survive only in the online world. Sure, they can invest in the online, but they need a physical product as well to show, I think, even at this day and age as well. Well, let's talk about a great established global print sort of empire, Vanity Fair. And it was funny, you, you, I glanced at this French edition before the programme and we sort of laughed and said, this couldn't be any more French than it, than it is. Tell us why exactly. This one, I'm, I'm going to keep it forever. It's one of my favourite actresses, Isabelle Huppert. And, and she's looking f- fabulous and powerful on the cover of the latest issue of the French Vanity Fair. And she's holding a cat who doesn't look very happy. But for some reason, they kind of look similar in a way. It, it, I think such a fantastic cover. She's talking about her family, her latest work, because she's working so much as well. I mean, do you remember her film Elle, you know, that, you know, she was even nominated for an Oscar for that. So I think Isabelle Huppert is living a very incredible moment in her career as well. And incredible times in France and on French newsstand. As Fernando's alluded to, there'll be plenty more from France in the coming weeks across Monocle 24 and all across the Monocle empire. Faye, thanks for sharing your newsstand selections with us. Merci. And thanks to Fernando for producing this week's programme. Thanks too to our editors, Cassie Galpin and Christy Evans. Comments or queries are welcome. Do drop a line to Fernando as ever. You can find him on fp at monocle.com. And don't forget to join us at the same time next week. That's almost all we have time for. Almost, Fernando. Before we go, a little song for our listeners. Now, this is also Fernando's fashion inspiration, as I think we heard earlier, according to Faye's interview in What Men Wear. This is, of course, Pet Shop Boys with Domino Dancing. This is a stack. Thanks for listening. I don't know why, I don't know how, thought I loved you, but I'm not sure now. Seen you looking strange.